Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Victoria Benyon, and the founder of the Victoria Benyon Podcast Booking Agency. And you're listening to The Best Guest, the podcast for business owners, creatives, and entrepreneurs who want to harness the power of podcasts to grow their platforms and increase their visibility. We're here to support you on your journey, bringing you actionable tips with each episode. Now, let's begin. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the podcast. I'm really pleased to talk to you today. You sent me one of the best pictures I think I've ever received. Well, flattery will get you everywhere, Victoria. So it's a great place for us to start. (laughs) Now, you're the author of Win the Hour, Win the Day, Time Management for Small Businesses. So I'm looking forward to talking to you about time management. I think it's such an interesting topic, especially for small business owners. It's something that I've had to get better at getting my head around. Yeah, I, I don't even love the word time management because it does give us the sense that we, I mean, it's what you have to use for people to understand time management and productivity. But it really gives us the, for me, for many years, it gave me the idea that I could wrestle time, I could outrun time. And if I, and if I just went faster and faster, like that, I, I thought that was the answer. But what I was doing was skimming over things instead of getting any real traction to what I was doing. So it time management gives you the sense of fast and efficient and rushing will serve you and it doesn't. Something that I read actually in your book that really struck a chord with me was you said, uh, we have all been conditioned to worry about money. And in fact, we've been taught to focus on that first that is where our sense of deprivation and panic comes from, lack of money. And I thought that's so true. It sounds so wise when other people read it, especially with someone with a nice little accent. So yeah, 100%. You know what? And it's really interesting too, because that ties into one of the things that I talk about all the time. We, we focus on a couple of different areas. So let me just attack that first. We focus on your, your team, your time, and your toolkits. And those three things are the biggest misunderstandings and and the lack of pillars in most businesses. And we'll dive into that because they're really super important. But when you look at the calendar, here's something that will, I think, change your mindset. And, And a lot of people have talked to me about this. We look at the calendar and we just put stuff on it like a memo board or like I have to meet with Victoria. We have outside forces dictating our calendar. And I will say to people, here's stuff that you do every day. It's not on your calendar. And they'll say, well, Chris, I do that every day. I don't need to remember it. And what happens is think of it like your calendar is your time bank account. So if you're putting stuff, you know, if you're not putting things on that calendar every day that you that you use every day, that you do even like answering emails, you stumble into your day thinking you've got eight hours when you may only have six. And you can compare that to say your bank account when you talk about money, Victoria, you can say, well, if my car payment comes out every month, I never say, ah, I know it comes out every month. I know that. So I don't count it. No, the money's gone. And so too is that on your calendar. So that's the big difference there. That's so true. I mean, I never schedule my time for my emails. It's just that's an extra task that you fit in but you're right that so eats into your day a hundred percent of course and so then what happens is you can't improve what you don't measure and you don't have any idea of how much time you have or when you're off course or what you can say yes or no to because there's a bunch of things in the day that you're not even counting so that's like having a bunch of bills coming in that you're not counting like oh yeah don't worry about that's my car payment that's this but i'm not worried about it we're not even going to write that down 
What's the best way then using your calendar? Would you suggest that you schedule everything? Well, that gets really daunting when I, when people hear that, like that's what I need now to do is another thing to do. But what I would tell you is you do want to put it in one hour increments, right? And because then it takes what I call hysterical mode out of it. For many years, I was just running around in hysterical mode, hysterical, Chris, rushing, rushing, trying to get things done. And running off a to-do list, which is just really stressful. There's no measurement of time. It's not in chronological order. It's just set up to fail, right? So when I started putting things in one-hour blocks in my calendar, I remember the first time I did that and I was like, well, my Lord, no wonder I'm stressed out all the time because I had this to-do list would have been an 18-hour day that I would have tried to tack on Mondays. So the most successful people in the world will tell you that you can tell a lot about a business by just looking at their calendar. And in fact, if they're going to buy a business, they want to see, you know, the key leaders calendars because it's very telling of how the business is run. So just putting things down in one hour increments will be a game changer. What led you to get so efficient with your time? That is a really great question. So what is really important about that, Victoria, is for many years, I thought, oh, I get a lot done and I get more done than other people. And I thought that speed and being organized was my greatest superpowers. But in fact, they were limitations because it's almost like having, if you imagine a screw in a wall and you have a screwdriver and you're just turning it tighter and tighter. I was just sort of reorganizing myself, but I wasn't changing the structure. And that's really super important because the people I work best with are like that. They're saying, oh my gosh, Chris, I get a lot done. There's just too much to do. So I will tell you when I started my business 12 plus years ago as a marketing strategist, I worked insane hours the first few years I was in business. And I just thought that was part of the grind. That was the story we were told. Um, and my husband was saying that I was constantly stealing from sleep. I was getting up earlier and earlier, staying later and later. And so about the two year mark, I was told that I was starting to lose some of my charm because I hadn't slept in two years. So I realized, oh, the people that are cheering me on, supporting me the most, I'm being impatient with, I'm always in a rush. So I made some changes and I literally went from working 16 hours a day down to six. Now this did not happen overnight. It's a story in itself, but let me move this story along. Mm -hmm. So luckily I did because it was a couple of years after that, that my husband had been diagnosed with colon cancer and I was pulled away from the business for about two years. When I returned after his passing, my existing clients had said to me, like, how could you have been away? We did not know. How could you have managed that? And so then they started to say to me, like, if you could do that, maybe you could help me get to my kids' soccer games. Maybe you could help me stop working, you know, all these evenings and weekends. And so I started to work with them under that capacity. And one thing led to another. And I started to realize, Victoria, that the people I worked best with or needed me the most looked good on paper. They were online. They were doing all the right things, but they were still putting in way too many hours for this point in their journey. And they're the ones doing work late at night when their family goes to bed and they're sneaking more emails on the computer and such. And I thought maybe, you know what, if I wrote a book, I could reach them better. And so that's how it all unfolded. Well, that's such a good idea. So if you've got a really heavy schedule right now and you're thinking, okay, I need to lighten it. What are the first things you suggest? I know you mentioned sectioning your calendar into hour increments. Is there anything else we can do? Yeah, for sure. So I think the two big things that people miss the most are one is outsourcing and building a team. 
And you know what? That's it. Until you start building a team and a team can be one person. It's a philosophy, not a number. So people think a team means five, six, 10 people. It does not. You could have a really successful roaring company with two or three people and definitely one. And what happens is you know, is thinking that once you, you know, whatever, once I get to a certain level, then I can hire and stuff like that. But what happens with outsourcing now is it's unbelievably affordable and accommodating. So let me give you a quick example. When I was working, uh, still going out, meeting clients back when I wasn't virtual many years ago, I would have a meeting about, you know, and I would leave the meeting and I would have my notes. And I would put hand to God that I was going to go back and put them into the computer right away. So then what would happen is the potential client might call me a week later, ask me a few questions. The notes weren't in the computer yet. And now I'm going off. Like if I was lucky, they got in this Friday, but often they got in the next Friday. And what would happen is these notes are written for like 20 minute, you know, reference, not for two weeks. And so then I'm scrambling and I don't feel or look prepared and I might misquote them. It just was not, you know, I wasn't impressing anybody and it was stressful and all this stuff. So I thought there's gotta be another way. So I was, you know, a sufferpreneur at that point by myself. And I thought, okay, outsourcing was just so baby new then. And I found an outsourcer that only transcribed notes. This is what she liked to do. I don't get it, but she had like 10 clients. She was really fast. She loved doing it, right? Okay, sad. it sounded sad to me, but she loved it. So the weeks that I needed her a lot, when I would leave the meeting, I would talk into my phone really quickly, a minute of notes, and they would be within, you know, within hours in the client's file on my computer. The weeks I needed her a lot, it was like 12 bucks. And the weeks I didn't need her at all, I didn't pay. And that's when I was like, this is crazy. I thought I had to get to a certain level, a certain income, a certain all these things. And it was cheaper to do things by myself. But what I was doing was I was the most damaging overhead in my business. That is such good advice. So when it came to writing your book, how did you work that into your schedule? Yeah. So in that case, we go back to the calendar. Now, I will say again, I did have a team so that I could, again, being entrepreneurs, all about getting ideas to execution. So we believe in the win formula. You should always be 60% execution mode and only 40% admin. And so what that meant was, I had the capacity to take on a new project as I always do. So there was that. Then we believe heavily in systems and processes, and they always allow you to expedite the work you do, You know, not relearn things, things like that. And then it allows the team to work more and more independently because the team, then you're not checking on their work like a teacher, a student, a parent, a child, which is what most corporations do. You then become a manager, which is another job. So I didn't have to do all that. I had the bandwidth to write the book. When I wrote the book, what I did was I, first thing I did was I set it up to work backwards. So what does that mean? Think about it this way, Victoria, you might have to go to the dentist on Thursday and it might be at 11 o'clock, but you go, well, the dentist is away, an hour away at 10, I have to leave. And then at nine, I got to get ready, but I'm going to work out first. So all of a sudden you realize you have to get up and eat at seven to be somewhere at 11. You work backwards, Right. So with the book, what happened was I looked at the deadline I had in order to get the editor that I wanted, I needed to have the book done in June. So I looked at the book and I realized that I needed to write five pages per day, Monday to Friday to get this to her on time. Now, previous to that, and there's a reason why so many people have a book in them, but it doesn't get out previous to that. What would happen is I would have thought, oh, you know what? Some days I just didn't feel like I had the five pages in me. And what I 
previous, if I had not had that laid out so clearly, I might think, oh, I'm kind of tired and this happened or I got this new client. You know what? Tomorrow, the pages are going to fly off the computer. It's going to be magic. I'm a little tired. Tomorrow will be different. Yeah. But because I broke it down and I did five pages per day, it really sobered me up because the days I didn't feel I had five pages in me, I had to say, hmm, if you don't have five pages in you today, Chris, are you going to have 10 in you tomorrow? So then that kept me on track. So what I did is I worked backwards. And the other secret, Victoria, is you do the most important work that requires the most attention or focus first hour of the morning. So then I can't use the excuse of, oh, this happened and that happened and it got pushed off to three, four, five o'clock. I did it first when I was fresh and then I can wing emails or other things that came up in the day, but it was consistent. It helps with the brain power every day. It was at the same time. I didn't have to remember where I left off Monday at three. Now it's, you know, Wednesday, whatever different time. So working backwards and the first hour are your biggest assets. I like that. So did you have a clear structure planned out for your book before you started writing? I know there's a lots of F's, focus, forget, forgive, fight, find and feel. Did you have that concept from the outset? Was it something that you saw, you identified as you went on with the writing? No, that's a, that would just get you into trouble. So (laughs) what I did was just old school essay, like in university, I was like, okay, We all know now that it's better to have two short books and one big long one. So how many pages is it going to be? It's going to be whatever, 100, 120 pages. Okay, let's break that down. How many chapters? Okay. So you just broke it down and that helped with the working it backwards. All right, there's going to be this many chapters, this many pages. Okay, and we do want to have something that ties it all together to make it memorable. So I did come up with the framework just like I did in university when I had to write hateful essays and (laughs) they'd want 40 pages on a topic that I knew nothing about. So I just did that, but then it lends itself to making it easier when you're working backwards and you're very like, oh, I just have to have these five pages on this one topic versus just sitting down to write and letting you think the pages and as some really accomplished authors that write fiction will say the characters take you where they I don't understand that. And I don't understand how anybody writes fiction. I would try to write a simple business book. And I was like, my Lord, I'm not writing dialogue and histories and reference. Like what? I don't know how they do it. I know you've said our productivity depends on forgetting. Can you explain a little bit about what this means, please? Yeah. So Business is not run on memory, okay? And that's a big thing. Everyone's like, oh yeah, it's in my head. Or you go from one client to two to three, and then you feel like you are, oh no, it's in my head, it's my business, and I will remember it. But here's the thing. You know, if somebody, even if you do something every day that has seven steps in it, the human brain will remember with certainty four, but it will rotate those four and you will always forget one or two. So this misconception of, oh, well, I built it from the ground up, you know, what really happens is you just start chasing, getting distracted with the to-do list and the busy work and the admin work. And you can't even really onboard new work because you're just running around with all these things juggling. And it's just a game of what did you forget most recently? That's really what it is. I mean, no successful business is run on memory. If you ask, let's say in the States to get, you know, an organ from New York to Chicago for operation, nobody's going to yell at the FedEx driver as he's driving away. You've got the address, right? You remember? (laughs) No, you're right. (laughs) It's not how it's done. Can you talk about forgive? What do you mean by forgive in the book, that chapter? Yeah. So you really just 
need to be able to move forward quickly, effectively, and have systems and processes in play that, you know, it's not about fussing and trying to make everything perfect. And I did that for years too. I wasn't that I was trying to make things perfect. I just thought that everything had to be at a certain level of professionalism for me to put it out so that I looked like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm worthy of your time or your attention. But what happens is you get caught up in all the minutia of it all and it doesn't serve you. So you sort of have to put things out. I mean, TikTok's very forgiving on that. Um, I've been on TikTok maybe six months now and it's just a different vibe there where, yep, you're going to make mistakes. It's not going to be perfect. It's going to be raw and people it's, it's forgiving. It's non-judgmental. You move on and you learn like you learn. And so super toolkits, which are systems and processes, what my clients say on steroids, the clients in the winter circle tell me all the time, um, two things. They tell me that they get 25 hours back a week within the first month of working with us. And they tell us that the systems and process, the super toolkits are like systems and processes on steroids. And it's a game changer. And so what happens is then you start to have things that you can lean on so that you can constantly compress your work. So you've got these steps and you're not you know, getting caught up in things being perfect. You just follow the systems and processes. You follow, we call it queuing it, create using and editing the super toolkits. And then you're like, oh, okay. So then we come back tomorrow. Like when we were learning TikTok, we come back tomorrow. It's like, oh, I learned this. We added to the steps. So we're not relearning the other steps that we only learned yesterday. We're, you know, putting stuff out, forgiving any mistakes we make, but we're in a constant acceleration of, of improvement because we have these systems and processes. Oh, that makes sense. How do you keep focused as well as trying out new things without getting, you know, shiny object syndrome? Well, that is a great question, but it really takes care of itself when your calendar is laid out because then you know, oh, I have to do this next. And, and then when you're working backwards, you realize you know, as entrepreneurs, we so often dive into a new project or we get a new client. And let's say you're a web designer and you go, oh yeah, I'm, we got this new client, we designed their web, blah, 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 blah. But because it's not laid out in your calendar, you don't work backwards. You don't know that maybe you've got 12 weeks to work on it, but you don't know that if this isn't done by week four, you're going to be in trouble because it's going to pile up because nobody's working backwards in that situation. You're just enthusiastic about the, the new one, right? So you really want to be mindful of that. And, but it really eliminates shiny object syndrome. And it also relieves you of stress. Like on my calendar recently, and I had mentioned this to you, I had an issue with my computer. I bought a new computer, got a new Mac, right? There's problems with it, hiccups. I was mm -hmm. on the phone yesterday with Mac for like an hour, okay? They're going to send me a new one. They're sorry, whatever. But the old me would have been in stress mode after that hour that I'm now behind and I would have started rushing more and then the next people would have paid the price and I would have been in what I call hysterical Chris mode and now I'm skimming over things I'm making mistakes I'm talking without warmth in my voice because I'm rush 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 right but what I did was I looked at the calendar and I said okay I lost that hour so what am I going to move today to another day that will put me back in a calm state and moving forward. So I see all my inventory on the calendar, just like that bank account we talked about in the beginning of the call, the time bank account, I can see how much time I got to spend and where is it gonna go? And that really eliminates all my clients in the winter circle say like, they're kind of like cured overnight of shiny object syndrome because when it's laid out beautifully and you see with clarity where, where things are happening for you and it's all going well, you really don't get seduced by that. 
do you tend to use an online calendar to plan out your day or pen and paper? I wouldn't advise pen and paper because back in the day, like what feels like a hundred years ago with pen and paper, I remember one time losing my day timer and, you know, in a store. And I thought, I have no idea where I'm supposed to be tomorrow. This is freaking beyond dangerous. It scares the bejesus out of me. Right. But the other thing too, is everybody else is connected to that. Like what happens is, you know, if I, if I'm going to be on somebody's podcast, they send me a calendar link and then it's on my calendar. Also, you can share details. You could be anywhere you want and just hop into your calendar and see that. Yeah, that's true. So are you going to write another book? What's next for you? I'm definitely going to write another book, but right now what we're really passionate about doing is growing the winner circle because I do believe your business should support your life, not consume it. Mm-hmm. And so I really want, we used to do a lot of one-on-one and now we're leaning more heavily to the winner circle, which is a different price point, entry point. So it's more accessible to a lot of people. And, and it just really want to teach people that this grinding it out thing is just people telling you, making a, a glorified story out of ill-planned journey. And that when you're grinding it out, you're actually working against yourself. Like you, it's like, I mean, you must have done this once or twice, Victoria, you work too late. The next morning you're in a fog. It's like you're hungover. Definitely. It's exactly like you're hungover. Yeah. And for years I was like, okay, you know what? Just focus. You're up till two o'clock in the morning. You got back up at six, just focus. And then I'd be mad at myself for making sloppy mistakes, which is really the equivalent to putting your hand on a hot stove and being mad that you didn't focus your way out of burning your hand, right? So I really want people to understand that, especially if you hear yourself say, if you hear yourself say, once I get past this next thing, things will be different. Once I get past, listen, ding, 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 that's a problem. There will always be the next thing. I just got to get to Christmas. I just got to get after Christmas. I just, oh, we're revamping our website. Oh, we just got a new client on. You should be able to withstand all of those things. I'll tell you, last year, we had somebody on my team who had been with me a couple of years. Long story short, she found out she got two weeks notice that she was going to move from the Philippines to Canada to go to college. And with the pandemic, all this craziness, all of a sudden, she just got two weeks notice. And we're like, okay, we'll hire somebody new. And because we have these super toolkits, and at that time, somebody had reached out to me to add to the story. Somebody reached out to me and asked me to do a four-hour speaking gig because somebody else got opted out at the last second. So I had to do this custom thing that was like four hours. So here it is, two weeks to Christmas. I got a four-hour speaking gig, and Kazel's moving to Canada. We hired somebody. I did the interview process, all this other stuff. Kazel just handed over the super toolkits. By January 10th, uh, more was up to 90% capacity. There was no hiccup whatsoever because it's just all transferable. So you should be able to withstand anything or or it's not a proper business. You're, you're what I call a sufferpreneur. So if you can't weather, there'll always be something. People get sick. People quit. You get sick. Uh, oh, we have to get a new website. Oh, I'm learning TikTok. There will always be something. And so if you think once you get past the next thing, things will be different, that's a problem. So you mentioned the winner's circle. Is that a program? Yeah, it's a program that we have. It's got a lot of really amazing feedback. People are loving it. It's relatively new. But like I said, it's a different level of entry point. We also, something else that's super crazy new that your listeners might really like is we've got this new we just finished it. It's a very customized win back time questionnaire. And it takes about two minutes to fill it out. It's free and you get customized 
instant results and feedback. So if you want to check that out, you free gift G-I-F-T from Chris, K-R-I-S dot com, free gift from Chris.com. And there's some other freebies and goodies in there as well. But that will tell you, um, that will give you that free quiz that will really, a lot of people really like that as well. Amazing. Thank you. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And apart from that, is there anywhere else you'd like listeners to go to connect with you? You know what? I'm on all the socials. You can check out our website, www.winthehourwintheday.com. Anywhere, just tell me you heard me on Victoria's amazing show and we'll become fast friends. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Chris. It was great to speak to you today. Thank you. Thank you for trusting me with your audience. Visit www.victoriabenyon.com to book a free podcast guesting strategy session with one of our team. Using the information you provide when you book, we'll get to know you and your business better so you get the most value from your strategy call. You will come away from this 30-minute session with huge value. We'll share our top tips for being a podcast guest and up to five suggestions of perfect fit podcasts you can approach. Thank you so much for listening to the Best Guest Podcast today. I'll talk to you again in the next episode.